0: One note we should mention, this episode may hands a very sensitive topics about loss, grief, and death. Listen to it with your own risk. Thank you.
1: To know my husband, Bill Weiners to know that he was not only a very, very kind and wonderful individual, but he was really an inspiring person uh, and even a transformational figure, for, certainly for me, but I know for other people also. Uh, in our department of neurology, where he was chair.
2: That she is a nice person, caring, kind, and I love her most of all. It's overwhelming. So, your your anger is focused on yourself, mm-hmm. your your family, your doctors. So, you just got mad and say, Why did she die? You're the reason she died. You scream
0: like and say you oh, the since you died and sometimes you say you're oh, the race since you died yeah. hi it's Asma, and this is from different perspective the podcast where i talk about things i can't get out of my head and specifically this episode is one of the episodes that i one of these topics that i couldn't get out of my head i felt very unsure about this topic specifically because it's talking about very sensitive um, emotion that I unfortunately have never been able to experience. I don't know if I should say unfortunately or fortunately, but grief is a very important part of our lives. A person who dealt with grief might be a more intelligent than a person who did not, and I'm so sorry for saying that. But a person who dealt with grief may have a very more advanced experience in life and dealing with more complicated emotion than a, a normal person did not but that's not what i want to talk about here um in this episode i wanted to make a very appropriate introduction because i wanted to let you know guys that i've i said i i think i said it and i'm gonna say it again that i felt very unsure about making this episode specifically because i have never been able to experience the emotion that of uh, grief and loss so i felt very I have no right to like make an episode about grief and loss, and I've never experienced it. But I would, I've, I've been very interested in this topic, and I've been very interest, interested in the complicated emotion that a person who have dealt with it is. Why is it more intelligent than a person who does not? So I would like to apologize for anything that I'm going to say in this episode that if by any chance make you feel offended and I would like to let you guys know that even though I have never been able to experience loss and grief I have reached out for some of my friends who dealt with grief and experienced it and I've asked them a plenty of questions that I'm going to add in this episode that you're all gonna hear them speaking so I... That's what I wanted to tell. That's first. And second, I have a very, very exciting news. Now, officially, from different perspectives, are going to stream every Monday evening. So y'all don't have to wait every three weeks for an episode now. Officially, again, you can listen to from different perspective every Monday evening. And thank you so much for listening to this very boring introduction. And let's get started.
1: The main thing, I guess, is that I thought it was going to be all about sorrow, but that wasn't what it was. It was all about uh, really feeling like you woke up into a completely new world, that you not only didn't know yourself, but what your life was about, where you were going, what you were going to plan to do. What is grief? A question that. You might
0: have asked yourself a penalty of time if you have ever experienced grief, or you may not, but what is grief? The only definition that might felt appropriate to define grief as is loss, even though loss is not a definition, it's a synonym, but we know that. Grief has a bunch of different synonyms, and the only synonym that I felt pretty much can describe what grief feels like is loss loss of a loved one, loss of a partner loss of a parent loss of a sibling loss of a grandparent or even a loss of a stranger or enemy okay because i've i've asked one of my friends a while ago about why a person feels as if they're going crazy about a person's loss and she told me that when a person dies, this person may have been covering a big part of the other person's life. It could be a partner, as I just said, it could be a grandparent, it could be a parent, it could be a sibling, it could be a stranger, and it could be enemy. <laughs> and one of the most funniest things that she said through the, my interview with her, she said that it could even be an enemy. Because this person, when this person dies, it's, this person is going to leave an empty space for the hate that had this person have been feeling for them. So it's a very difficult emotion and complicated emotion to describe and experience and talk about. But I believe that I've made a very good research about it, and I feel I'm pretty much ready to talk about it for 40 minutes long, straight. So now that we defined grief what how what and how does grief affect in our daily lives
3: people's response to grief is distress right i mean this is a generally a truly awful thing that has happened But what I like to think of is most of us have an inner resilience that we are able over enough time and with the support of loved ones and taking taking other ways of of, uh, understanding what's happening to us, um, most of us do adapt over time and integrate the fact that this person has lived and meant something to us and is gone. We integrate that into our lives.
0: When grief happens, it actually affects us in very very different aspects. Physically, mentally, emotionally, and so more. But in this episode, I'm only going to cover the emotional and physical and neurological aspects of it, as that's pretty obvious in the title. And why the neurological aspects? Because while my research, during my research of this topic specifically, I've... I I've, I've believe that I've run into a lot of um, professors and a lot of authors and writers who have talked about the neurological aspects of grief and how does it affect our brain. And I felt very intrigued about this topic and I felt like it's a very important part that I should definitely add to the episode. So, the physical aspects. How does grief affect us Physically well i've wrote a punch of uh wait let me grab my book i've wrote a punch of uh, aspects or uh affection that affection i don't think that's the right word um things that might happen and you might experience physically when you experience grief you might experience on semina in semina i'm sorry i don't know how to pronounce it. In semina which is the difficulty of sleep i believe that's it
4: How grief impacts sleep. Grief can lead to a state of hyper arousal where the body is in a constant state of alertness and you cannot relax enough to sleep. Also when the stress hormone cortisol is high it can interfere with the natural sleep wake cycle and make it difficult to fall asleep. In addition to high cortisol levels grief may also lead to other physical symptoms that disrupt sleep such as headaches, muscle tension and stomach problems.
0: And then you have the increase and decrease in
4: appetite. A common physical symptom of grief is appetite changes, which can include loss of appetite or increased appetite. Now, grief can alter the body's production of hormones that regulate appetite and metabolism. As you know, grief can lead to an increase in the production of the hormone cortisol. This can stimulate appetite and lead to overeating. Grief can also increase activity of the hypothalamus, a brain region that plays a role in appetite regulation. So when the activity of the hypothalamus is increased, this can lead to overeating. In addition to changes in appetite, grief may also lead to other physical symptoms that can affect your ability to eat, such as nausea, stomach problems, or changes in taste or smell. Now these physical symptoms can make it difficult to eat or enjoy food, leading to appetite loss. This is why a lot of people lose weight when they're grieving.
0: And you have difficulty in breathing, a lack of energy, feeling very tired and weak, oversensitivity to noise, tightness or heaviness in your chest or throat, a hollow feeling, in your stomach, dry mouth, ATC, and I've researched pretty much more in the physical aspects of grief, but I, I didn't really find much because all of them was somehow referring to the um, neurological aspects. So for the physical aspect outside of the brain, it was very, very little. And a person can may and may experience a lot more that I've just listed. But I think it's very little and at the same time, very much to just include all of them in this episode. So I would like to move on right away to the emotional aspects.
1: I came to... Uh embrace the idea that these things impact us in very, very similar ways. I did not know that these periods of dissociation were even occurring for a long time because dissociation is is defined as detachment from reality. Uh, It's not loss of reality, you're not psychotic, (laughs) but instead you're detached from reality. I have
0: not written down anything for the emotional aspects of grief, because I wanted to talk about it freely, and what I did not want it to be limited to a script. So, uh, actually, came the idea of grief came to me one day while I was praying. <laughs> so, I was praying, and I suddenly started thinking, well, which... If y'all don't know, if you're a Muslim, you should not be thinking while praying, okay? That's not a good thing. You should be focusing on Allah when you're praying, so don't think. I'm I'm really stupid of, of doing this, of saying this, but I should say it. Um, I am currently in a kind of a complicated state of my grandmother being very sick. And the, the actual um, events... And actions that happening in my life right now of all my parents all my relatives all my family being very busy with my grandmother being sick and y'all should pray for her i i really hope she'll get better but um it those events and actions that's happening in my life did actually affected me somehow it made me really think of what and why does this grief feels so bad and it hurts so much just thinking of it and I started I actually started imagining my life without a specific loved ones and I cried <laughs> that's basically what I just imagined okay I just started imagining I sat down in a completely like silent room and I started imagining how does it feel to lose a loved ones and I've had a specific person in mind mind you, I've had a specific person in mind. And I started imagining this whole new scenario of me waking up, doing my daily basis, working and stuff, going to school, um, doing like basic things. And I felt like how does that affect my daily life? Losing this specific loved one. And I started crying. I started tearing so badly. And I was like is, is that how does it really feel? Losing a loved one? just imagining it makes me feel suffer so badly. But how does it feel to actually lose this person?
2: So, I was actually having an exam, science exam, I guess. I remember. And, like, my aunt come up to me and she said that our grandmother died. And, like, I said, there's no way. And there's no way she could die. And when I see everybody crying... And then I believe
0: that she's really gone and dying. And I didn't want to see her body. To actually not being able to like, feel them again, physically and emotionally and spiritually, I don't think, but like, not being able to communicate with this person the same again and not being able to share your happy moments and sad moments and intriguing moments with this person anymore. This person is completely getting out of your life and never coming back. And the feeling really hurt it. And it made my heart ache so badly. And that was the first time that I've experienced how does it feel to cry unintentionally.
2: Whenever I am sick, I'll just go to her home. She will feed me. She will give me everything. Yeah. And I'll stay with her till I come.
0: I've never been under I I've never understood how people say that. I started tearing and I've I I did not knew that I was tearing and they like touched their their cheeks and it's wet dropping with tears. Cuz how a person not understand that they are tearing up but when I experienced it, imagining it, it felt very very real. It felt like as if I was actually losing this person and it felt very very heavy on my heart and mind and i actually had to take a break for a while that day like the entire day i was taking a break just from the imagining of it i just imagine how does it actually feel losing it that might drive me insane that might drive me, actually. Insane.
3: And so what happens then when our brain is trying to make sense of the idea that this person isn't coming back, which feels quite foreign. You know, the brain is all set up on prediction and it has been predicting that that person will be there day after day after day. So as the brain is trying to make sense of this idea that they may not be coming back as you're adjusting, um, for a long time, it seems that we're still getting a signal in the brain that says when I think about my loved one, I feel not pleasure, but reward in the sense of, I feel like I want to do this again and again. I want to think about them. I want to look for them. I want to um, bring out things that remind me of them. And over time, of course, eventually the brain works out, you know, when I bring out image, um, uh, photographs of them it doesn't really mean they're coming back. I can still enjoy the pictures, but it doesn't predict that I will get to be with them again.
1: And while
0: I was researching about this topic, I've I've kind of hit a realization that I, what grief feels like after I started imagining it and actually thinking of this person, of uh, this person in my mind actually dying. I've wrote down, Grief feels like as if it's a constant running situation where you don't have time to get your breath. You're constantly running away from your feeling and the feeling of emptiness and the realization that this person is not here with you anymore. So you choose to avoid it and run from it until it slows down. But it never will unless you face it and let yourself heal. And that realization hit first when I saw a video of a man, I hope I I find the video. If I find the video, I'm going to insert it, of a man saying that.
3: You've probably heard of the stages of grief and they kind of map onto the things I'm talking about, but the important thing to remember is there's no beginning, middle, and end to grief. It's not a linear process. You can bounce around all these different emotions, all these stages, and it looks more like a, a soup of stuff.
0: Grief is not a linear emotion and experience. It does not have start, middle, and an end. It's kind of a, a very wavy experience where it's suddenly very up and suddenly very down and maybe sometimes in the middle and maybe sometimes it's just a linear line. Where sometimes you suddenly feel the urge to cry and scream and break things when you remember the loss of this person that you loved and sometimes it's just a very hollow a very emptiness in the heart that the denial feeling that this person is not with you anymore and sometimes it's just a situation where you just tear in silence just crying in silence for a reason that you might not even know you're just crying you just are you just believe in one something you are tearing and you know that you're tearing but you don't know why you are tearing and it's just a consistent cycle a very complicated and confusing feeling
3: You can have just like you could have depression and anxiety you could have depression and complicated grief or ptsd and complicated grief so we are able to tell the difference they don't always go together but of course they can go together
0: in the neurological aspects of grief in this part this specific part of the episode it's going to be a lot of sinus information and mind you, I'm not a scientist. I am very, very, very bad in biology, physics, science, whatever it could be. But I would like to tell you about some professors, other writers, neurologists who talked briefly about this topic of how does um, grief affects our brain function and body working. So, for example, you have um, Dr. Lisa M. Schulman. I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. Um, let's say Dr. Lisa. Dr. Lisa, she's a, log- a neurologist. I cannot pronounce it. She's a an neurologist and also an author and a professor in the University of Maryland. And she is the writer of the book Before and After Loss, a neurologist's perspective on loss, grief, in our brain where she talked briefly about her lovely relationship with her husband before and after his death.
1: To know my husband, Bill Weiners, to know that he was not only a very, very kind and wonderful individual, but he was really an inspiring person uh, and even a transformational figure, for, certainly for me, but I know for other people also uh, in our department of neurology where he was chair. Frankly, it just really upended my life when he was gone because we not only were married but we had this professional relationship too. So it was just an all-encompassing kind of thing. You know, when somebody's really ill and he died of cancer, uh, you know, you don't have the time to figure out what it's going to be like when it all comes to an end, even when you realize that they're dying. And, you know, I just sort of figured that Because I am a neurologist, I deal with people with serious illness, and for goodness sakes, I counsel other people who are dealing with serious problems and loss. You know, I thought, well, I probably know more than the average person, and I'll get through this. I
0: haven't been able to get the chance to to read the book, because I'm currently in a very difficult situation where I'm trying to balance my social podcast live in my school life and i have an exam actually coming next week so y'all should pray for me <laughs> so i haven't been able to read the book okay and i would like to read it in the future but i will read you some of the quotes that people said it it was very awesome and i it inspired me pretty much to write more about this topic so dr lisa m shalman says and i quote Craving is a protective process. It's an evolutionary adaptation to help us survive in the face of emotional trauma. What you all think about this quote? I really would like to hear your perspective about this book specifically and if anyone ever had like have had the chance to read this book. I would like if you could write me a very <laughs> short summary about the book cuz I don't have time to read anymore. I'm very busy lately as it seems to be but the book is very awesome and i've i've had the chance to listen to a couple of her a of, of couple of uh, the other uh, dr lisa speaking and talking about the biologistic aspects of grief or uh, and what it does it to and what it does to our brain and you can find all of those videos actually on on youtube they are pretty much free and easy to access so if you would like to listen to her talking, it would be very awesome, and it would, you would get a very emotional listening to her own experience in loss grief. So yeah, also a very pretty much another author who have talked about um, grief brain and the neurological aspects of grief is Doctor Francis Mary O'Connor. I hope I'm pronouncing her name right because I'm very bad with names. The author of the book, The Grieving Brain and the Surprising Science of How We Learn from Lava Loss. The book tells, combines the storytelling, accessible science, and practical knowledge that will help us understand better about the grieving brain.
2: Dr. Mary Frances O'Connor is a psychologist at the University of Arizona. She studies the physiological correlates of the wide range of emotional responses during bereavement. She has investigated the failure to adapt following the death of a loved one, termed complicated grief, and the neurobiological immune and autonomic parameters that vary between individual grief responses.
0: There is a bunch in a lot of quotes about this book that I've pretty much liked so far. I can't say that I've liked the quotas of this book more than I like Dr. Lisa's more, but I love both. They are very amazing women. And also, Dr. Mary Frances O'Connor also do have a, a lot of um, podcast episodes with other uh, podcasters, amazing people she interviewed it they interviewed her not she and you can find them all on youtube It's pretty easy accessible and very 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 emotional to listen to and it's very intriguing a very interesting um topic to listen to so for examples um a lot of the uh quotes of this book says i have this website that is open to me right now but let me write it. let me um read it up to you says grief is not a problem to be solved but a journey to be taken Another quote says that the brain is wired for resilience, but it needs to be exercised. Another quote says the most important thing we can do for a grieving person is simply to be present and listen. Another quote says while grief never truly goes away, it does change over time and it's possible to find meaning and joy in life again. See, I you really should read this book. It's very, very wholesome and very great book so i've i've seen this article from the American americanbrainfoundation.org website they say and i quote they can cause changes in memory behavior sleep and body function affecting the immune system as well as the heart it can also lead to cognitive effects such as brain fog so grief is a very complicated topic And i believe it is a very complicated topic and it feels very hard to deal with grief and by imagining how does it feel to lose a loved ones for me it made me tear up and cry and it just ruined my whole entire mood for the day and for the week and for the month probably but how does it actually feel to lose this person to actually lose it and not just imagining it because somehow every person in this world has a job to do and this is one of my friends saying it's not mine she said and i quote that every person in this world have a very specific job that they have to do since they were born until the time of their death so this person is doing their job and making a very pretty much a good community and Being able to communicate with other people in their lives So when they leave the other people that they used to communicate with now is Losing They're feeling empty Because of this space that this person has left So you might see a partner has a very dear part of the other person's heart. So imagine losing them. Imagine not being able to share with them all the happy moments and all the intriguing moments that you've ever had in your life. And and then just in a day and a night, in a blink of an eye, you've, you're not able to see them, you're not able to touch them, you're not being physically and emotionally there with them how much it would affect us and how much it would affect our brain how much it would affect our heart because i've 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 actually saw this article talking about the actual heartbreak like we heard uh, pretty much a lot of people saying that oh my god my heart broke and that shit but when a person dies and the other person is grieving there's this disorder that's called the broken heart.
3: Uh, was finding out that this phenomenon we sometimes call the broken heart phenomenon, mm-hmm. where when someone loses a loved one, their own risk for mortality or right. for developing a disease or a disorder goes way up.
0: And it has a science, scientific name, but I, I can't pronounce it. I'm sorry, but it's the it's a disorder called the broken heart. And it's a temporary, it does not last very long, but it does not really last very short. And it, it feels like your heart is not pumping enough blood to the muscles of your heart. I believe that, so I'm sorry if I'm saying something wrong or describing it in a wrong way, but people actually have a broken heart disorder when a person dies and people are not like this person is is unable to enjoy their life this person anymore but also losing a person losing loved ones may seem as as if the life and the whole entire world stops right there but it's not i i believe i believe that i know how does it feels, and i believe i though i've never experienced it but i believe it's a very painful experience to go through but with time and resilience and patience it might feel like the best thing that might have ever happened to your life into to your life because even though i might have never been able to experience how grief and loss feels like but i've experienced distance I've experienced distance and my father the the most person that I the person that I love most in this world is not with me right now and right here and I've been away from him for almost a decade now and I feel it I I know how much does it hurt to not be able to experience all these moments and all this happy you know these little cute moments with him and I've every time I remember him I feel so guilty for no reason i I start blaming myself and i feel so sad for not being able to meet all like i'm just thinking of all these years that we've been apart and all those memories that we could have made through this whole time that we were in with each other but even though again i might have never been able to experience grief, but i believe it's a very beautiful experience to go through it might be painful yeah it might be very very hurting it might be very feel like your heart and your body and your brain is aching so badly for this person but the process the journey of moving on the journey of accepting that this person is now in better place than this world is very beautiful and very wholesome, and very very painful <laughs> so Y'all, I'm just wanting you to know one thing. Keep fighting. Keep keep proving the entire world wrong. That even though it might really hurt grieving over a person, but it's a very, very powerful emotion and a very powerful journey, path, and experience to go through. And as I just said, and I will say again, a person who grieves, of a person who had grieved, and a person who had lost a loved one and have gone through this whole entire journey of moving on is more intelligent and more advanced in life than a person who did not. So if you are grieving or trying to move on, I'm just letting you know that you are more intelligent and more life-advanced than me, okay? That's honor. <laughs> That's the honor for you, okay? So yeah, stay safe and I love you all and I'll see you on Monday. Thanks!